0: everybody, welcome to another drive-through board game blog. I'm going to have two uh, top 10s for you this week. This is going to be a top 10. There's going to be another top 5 posted right after this one. I owe you folks a few more top 10 lists. I kind of promised I would do more of those this year. I do get a fair bit of requests for those. Uh, One that I get probably the most, I think, is the top 10 lunch games. Now, I think it was two years ago about this time that I posted my top 10 lunch games. I get a chance to play games at work quite a bit during the lunch hour. I'm lucky enough to have a couple of friends on my team that also haven't started to enjoy games. And actually they've been taking games home and playing uh, games with their family and getting games on their own and stuff like that. Uh, So that's pretty cool. And uh, so I've been kind of wanting to update that list and trying to think about how to do that. And what I've actually done is just created an entirely new top 10 because there are definitely some games on the original top 10, which I'll post a link to underneath this video that I would keep on there. And there are a lot of games I've played since in the the, uh, subsequent two years. So I don't want to like worry about the order too much. My own kind of personal, I guess, philosophy or just kind of opinion on the thing is top 10 lists are really good for kind of quickly disseminating information about a lot of games, or or up to 10 games. I don't necessarily think the order is important, at least not in every top 10 list. To me, it's more about, here's a couple of games, some quick points about why I think they deserve some kind of extra mention, and then you you kind of go from there, and then as the viewer, you can go, oh, cool, that kind of sounds interesting, I'll go research it more, maybe go watch a review or read up on it on BoardGameGeek and kind of learn a little bit more about it. So the order doesn't matter and I didn't want to sort of downgrade my old top 10 list for the launch games because I looked at them and you know there's some here that would for sure replace them but I don't really feel like doing that. So I'm just going to make a brand new top 10 and I do think all of these games here are worthy of being, you know, kind of extra highlights uh given to them. So let's just jump in and I will take a look at First of all, the number 10 is Potato Man. Now, this is a game I reviewed some time ago. It's a very kind of backwards, trick-taking, ladder-climbing kind of style of game. Not really, but you play cards into the center of the table, and then somebody will end up collecting the trick or the hand. The coolest thing about it is you can only play one of a color. It can be out there, so there's four colors. Typically, in a trick-taking game, you like let's say you lead with spades, then everybody else has to follow unless they don't have any. This one, is somebody puts a yellow card out, nobody else can put a yellow card out. And so you're forced to put a blue, green, or red card out there. So it adds kind of an interesting twist to that and it has a really strange theme of this evil potato who's in the red color and then the super potato or potato man who's in the yellow color, which can trump the red color because the reds can go higher, The yellows don't quite get as high in the number count, uh, but they have the very, very lowest yellow cards can trump the very, very, very highest red cards. And it's got an interesting scoring mechanism where the points that you score for each of the different colors is gonna kind of change as the hand evolves. Uh, So definitely go take a look at that review for that one. That's a very, uh, very, very fun game and very different. It might be a little bit tricky to find, but it's kind of cheap. So if you bought it like over in Germany at Amazon.de or something, or maybe a game surplus type of place, I would bring it over i would certainly hunt it down uh, the number nine is plums and you're going to see kind of a theme here with these two and then kind of one further up uh, so i'll make a quick kind of mention of two honorable mentions now at this point because i would also go take a look at chronicle from Seiji kanai who did um, a love Letter, and also Dwarf King, which is very much kind of like a sister game to Chronicle uh, by Bruno Fiduti. Uh, Bruno Duty's game is a little bit more wacky and chaotic, uh, and Sage Ekenai is a little bit more card counting and stuff. Uh, but both of those are very excellent, but they're kind of definitely surpassed here by Plums. Now Plums is a new game that's coming out actually in the United States from Crash uh, Games, And they came out in Germany from Pegasus Spiel, I believe. And it's also a very interesting wonky take on the kind of trick-taking idea. You have these kind of different special abilities that you can grab, and it has the strangest theme. Like, I can't even really explain the theme. You're like playing these different fruits and collecting sets of them, but then you can collect these pie cards which are like the number pie, not like a pie that you eat, even though you could probably make pie out of all the fruits that you collect. It's really weird. And then you have this kind of very different and uh, funky scoring that makes the game very, very interesting. So you're kind of trying to, you you play a card and then whoever plays the highest card gets first choice of all the other cards that were played. And so sometimes you try to go last because if you go last, then you get a bonus plum. That's why the name of the game is plums. But then you can also try to trigger the special abilities, which will give you like a dog that will protect all of the cards that you've collected because you can also steal cards or special abilities on the cards that I just steal. So you're also trying to collect sets and do these things, but also kind of trying to sort of outguess your opponents on which kind of special cards they're going to play or what you might be able to kind of trickily, you know, make use of on your turn. So very, very interesting. This is coming over to the US. If you're overseas, you can get it from uh, Pegasus Spiel. Or um or if you're here in the States you can wait and crash games will bring it out. Now the actual name is Pie Mouth Ploughman, but in the US they're calling it Plums. Very interesting game. So kind of we have sort of a a love of these kind of trick ladder climbing style of games in my group. So there's some emphasis there, but you won't see too much of that mentioned here for a minute. Uh the number eight is Battle Cruisers, which is a newer game. Just reviewed that. We had a blast with this. We played it for about two, two and a half weeks or so and really got into kind of exploring uh, the game. Because what happens is, each player will have a giant deck of about 30 cards, but you actually take out a bunch of cards and they only keep maybe five or six, depending on the player count. But everybody has the exact same five or six cards. And then you t- you will choose a card, and everybody puts it down, and you reveal it face up, and then all the effects go off. And the theme of it is you're in these little battle cruisers, these spaceships, shooting each other. And the different cards represent different maneuvers and tricks and things that you might do. But if you and I play the same card, we're going to have sort of a negative effect, usually, that's going to bounce off to each of us. So there might be a time where you're like, I'm going to play this kind of escape card to maybe draw some more cards back into my hand, because as you take damage, they go into your discard pile. But You know, if Billy or Francesca across the table want to play that at the same time, you've got to be kind of, you know, leery of that, because then it'll just backfire in everybody's face. So there's a little bit about guessing kind of thing, which I usually don't like. Like, I haven't really liked that kind of, like, you know, guess what I play thing, where the game is just strictly that. But this has an interesting thing where the card you play you can't play that on the next turn because it goes to kind of this little queue, and then you pick that card up, but you can also kind of mess with that queue a little bit and steal cards out of people's queue. So it really was a very surprising game, and we had a lot of laughs about this game, and you can, depending on the setup, you can get these kind of interesting combos. You gotta get a kind of work to do it, but you can get setups, and you can kind of steal cards from other players, and you just get kind of this unbeatable combo, but maybe it's almost unbeatable and somebody has like that one card to just like break the loop and then it explodes back in their face and then you kind of have a comeback win. So we've had a lot of drama uh, with this game. Uh, So i definitely take a look at it. Now we have have also had setups that are a little bit flat, but like the game takes 10 minutes to play. So if you don't like a setup, you can just say, hey, we'll swap this out. We'll throw in the nuke or whatever, you know, just to kind of mix things up. So there's some playing that you can do with it. So that was number eight, Battle cruisers, And number seven, oh, I didn't even do this on purpose. <laughs> number seven is Seven Wonders Duel. Uh, so one thing I've decided to include here are some two-player games because we usually have we usually have four people, but some days we'll have three, some days we'll have five, and it just kind of varies. But some days, you know, there's just two of us that want to play. So Seven Wonders Duel has been something that has come out quite a bit, and I didn't want to neglect that. You'll see another uh, two-player game on here as well, as well as some other games that play good two-player Uh, But anyway, Seven Wonders Duel has uh, really been very, very fun, especially as a few of us have played it more and more and more. So you kind of know the order the cards come out and kind of what to expect and what to kind of plan for. Uh, It's it's had a fair bit of good press over the last year. I am probably not the only one. I've heard this sentiment quite a bit, actually, that that people actually like Seven Wonders Duel more than Seven Wonders. And I don't know if that's because people burned out on Seven Wonders because people were playing that for... A long time there a few years ago uh so but it's very very interesting and i like the whole pyramid aspect because you'll set cards up uh, in a pyramid and so you can see which cards are going to be kind of revealed and so you have a kind of a, a lot of decisions sometimes like okay if i take this card it's really good for me but it's going to reveal a card for my opponent across the table and that's going to be maybe better for them and sometimes you'll reveal a card and then some of the cards are face down and you, you don't know what's there so there's a little bit of push your luck there. Uh, So it's a very, very fun game. It plays quick, about a half hour or so. So I would definitely recommend that as a two-player game that you could fit into a lunch hour. Uh, Number six here is The King is Dead. This is another one that we played quite a bit towards the end of last year. Very thinky and almost a heavy game in a lot of ways. Uh, Very strategic. You've got to kind of plan for the long game. You've got to really sort of outthink your opponent it almost feels like you're kind of trying to outguess, but you can try to get some maneuverability and get to the point where you've kind of trapped your opponent in a lot of ways. Uh, so it's very, very uh, designed for three players. It's an excellent three-player game. And not a lot of games are really targeted towards that player count, which this one very much is. It's it's definitely the best player count is three with this one. But four as well is also very interesting. and. You know, when I took a look at it, I kind of knew it was based on an older design called Konig von Siam, and I think it may be identical in design uh, with maybe some minor tweaks. But I knew that was like targeted. I think that one was even a three-player only game. I could be wrong on that. But playing the four-player game, which is a team game, it actually operates a lot like, you know, you think of a game like Bridge or Teach You, where you're having to sort of read your partner without communicating what you're going to do. In terms of the cards that you play, because you'll play cards and get influence and uh, stuff on the board, um, but the way that the scoring works and everything, you have to very much be kind of in tune and get some plays in with folks to kind of gauge how each other's going to play, and that's a very satisfying experience. But it can be, you know, it's kind of heavy too. So I would definitely take a look at it if you like like a heavy game. You know, you you like you know heavy euros and train games and stuff. This one, I think would kind of please that crowd as a filler. You know, it only takes half hour, so uh, definitely take a look at that one. Uh, Number five is known as Linko. I think when I reviewed it, it was called a Blookson. I'm sure it was. And this is a very odd game. Now, you might throw this one into kind of your trick-taking ladder climbing, but it's really, really not at all. It has this kind of dare sort of aspect to it, if I could really be succinct about it where you're playing cards from your hand and you can either play one card or as many cards as you want it's just when it's your turn to play cards they all have to be the same number so if i have five fours i play them all and you know if i had two twos i could play all the twos you don't have to play all of them in your hand but you usually want to and then there's some wild cards and things so the thing is is when i play let's say four fours if anybody else had four cards that they have just played. So you kind of play them in a stack and you'll cover up your previous plays. So let's say somebody had four twos. If I have the exact number of cards they played and my card is higher, so four fours is higher than four twos, then I get a chance to either steal those cards from that my opponent, put them into my hand, maybe combine them with some other twos that I have to play later, and then, or make them deal with it. So they either can take it back into their hand if I choose not to capture it, or they can just discard it. Now, if they discard it or I capture it, they have to draw new cards off of the center back into their hand. So you're trying to go out quickly, but that's not the way that you win. The cards that you actually get played in front of you that aren't stolen or put back in your hand, those are all worth one point. The cards in your hand are worth minus one point. So you're trying to put a bunch of cards down and not have any cards in your hand. Now, it's okay to have a bunch of cards down and a bunch of cards in your hand. If you have a lot of cards in front of you, so you could kind of play this game where you try to snatch everybody's cards and just take, 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 and they're just kind of filling up their hand and maybe only playing, you know, a couple cards around, but you've got like, you know, bunches laid down. But that could also backfire on you if somebody kind of goes out quick before you have a chance to amass a lot of points. And I've really just explained the entire game to you uh, in that couple of minutes, and that's it. Um, but it's really fun to play you know there's some different dynamics between you know if i play six ones well nobody's going to have anything higher than that well you know depending on what phase of the round it's in then somebody might so you got to be careful very very fun game again for some reason we have a lot of laughs with this one because it's again this is one that we played i don't know countless times really at this point and uh you know so there's kind of a push your luck aspect to it and you know seeing how close to Floyd, you can fly there uh, with that one. So that's a really, really good game. I'd highly recommend that one. You can pick this one up for like less than 10 bucks nowadays. Uh, So that's, it's probably known as Linko now, but you might find it as a Bluxen as well. Okay, that was number five. And number four is Court of the Medici. This is a two player game, has no relation to the game Medici by Reiner Knizia. Uh, this designer has designed another game. Oh, Lords of Scotland was another uh, kind of fun game that I, I used to like more than I do now. <laughs> but uh, Court of the Medici is this two-player game, and it has two houses, the... Uh, um, gosh, I can't remember the names of the houses, the Medici and then the other one. And it's very much based sort of loosely on the book by Machiavelli, and this sort of intrigue and sort of backstabbing that can happen and you have these old kind of like rembrandt paintings of these old houses back in you know the mediterranean days of the renaissance and post-renaissance and you're just simply playing these cards out trying to capture cards and kind of sneak cards in you can play cards on other people's stacks because you'll get all these stacks of cards out and everybody has a fixed deck and there's uh, numbers uh, 0 through 15. The lower numbers have some special abilities where they can kind of blow up a stack or or spread out a stack and so on. And you got to be very caref- careful with your uh, your higher number cards and so on. So that's a very, very interesting game. Go ahead and take a look at the review for that one. I reviewed that some time ago, so I apologize uh, for the quality of reviews. But uh, very interesting, different uh, two-player game. Number three is Chimera. And this is a straight three-player ladder climbing game. It's specific for three players. Uh, this is easily my favorite uh, ladder climbing game and I would say definitely the favorite of the lunch group as well. Uh, it plays a lot like Tichu style games where you're playing these you know, big combos of cards and you have some of these kind of bombs or special cards. It has a very uh, slick, easy to get into uh, bidding mechanism. It's very, very straightforward. You don't have to overthink it too much. Um, but the cool thing about it is you have this kind of shifting alliances where whoever bids the most kind of becomes the Chimera or the target. And the other two players are sort of playing off of them. So if the Chimera goes out first, they're going to win their bid, plus whatever points, you know, they they collected during the game. And then the other players win, and they get some points as well. So, you know, one game, it might be me and Francesca against Billy. And the other game might be Francesca and Billy against me or so on. So it has this cool sort of dynamic each round that is really, really cool. And I like games where, you know, alliances and teams change. Uh, and this is all built into a trick-taking game, or excuse me, a ladder-climbing game. So that is Camara, Definitely take a look at that one. It's probably a, the, a heavier uh, ladder-climbing game in terms of like lots of the combos and sort of special things that can happen and the way that you can build uh melds of your hand and everything. So uh just know that going in. Uh, so number two is The Grizzled. And this one is really sort of skyrocketed based on the expansion. Now the base game was very fun and enjoyable anyway, but the expansion really has added just a ton of replayability and theme and all that good stuff into uh, the game. And it, it just really has made it really fun and replayable and sort of shaken it from its stagnation of just the base game. I would say, I just reviewed this not too long ago, I would say the same thing now that I did then, and that would be, you probably don't need the expansion right away, but after you've played maybe the base game 10 or so times, uh, then you probably will want to seek out the expansion and that will kind of invest it uh, or inject it with a lot of life. And I would probably say, I think, uh, you know, everybody's different, but I would say you would want to play the base game alone just to kind of get the hang of it. Because it has this sort of Hanabi-esque kind of thing where, you want to get the hang of how players play and how they react to certain bad situations that are going to happen with the cards that they play um, and i think that's important and then once you add the expansion then it kind of adds that extra layer and that extra dynamics on top of that so once you kind of have the sort of skills and experience uh, built up then you can dump it, jump at the expansion okay that's number two and finally uh, number one is arboretum uh, this is a game that has sort of skyrocketed in sort of my view and my group's view over time. It's you've really gone into sort of I guess the metagame of it. Um, there's a lot of reviews out on this one, but you know, it's basically kind of like a Lost Cities killer, a lot of people say that, where you're playing cards out and you're trying to build you know a big set that's going to score you a lot of points, but also trying to keep cards from another player if you're trying to build a lot of points in yellow or whatever, you try to keep the cards. But not only that, if you keep the cards and then you reveal the cards at the end whoever has the most points in yellow at the end will be able to score their yellow. So you might just keep cards just to sabotage somebody uh, completely and they won't score any points for yellow. So that you have to kind of go in knowing that and, you know, kind of slowly build up your little arboretum of trees without being kind of too obvious, you know, which ones you're going after. Because if you don't have that eight or the higher numbers, then, you know, you, you know the chances that somebody's going to try to just jack you are pretty high so kind of like that sort of extra layer of thinking and bluffing and all that kind of stuff added into kind of very simple kind of nizia like uh you know mathy kind of game um and it looks really pretty too (laughs) so that is the new top 10 lunch games and this kind of goes probably equally with the with the old top 10 which i'll have a link to at the bottom of the video so again this is how i wanted to do it um But definitely take a look at all these games and the other games that were on the list as well. So that's it. Thanks.